Hello, and welcome to the Glossy Beauty Podcast, our weekly show where we discuss the future of the beauty and wellness industries with the people who know them best. I'm your host, Priya Rao, beauty editor at Glossy. And today's guest is Vicky Sai, the founder and chief treasure hunter of Tatcha. In this episode, Vicky talks about discovering the power of Japanese beauty rituals, skincare as self-care, and why you can't rush amazing products. Hope you enjoy the episode. Today on the Glossy Beauty Podcast, we have founder and chief treasure hunter of Tatcha, Vicky Sai. Vicky, welcome today. Thank you so much for having me. So, Vicky, you started Tatcha in 2009 when you were working as a brand manager at Starbucks. Tell me what originally draw, drew you to the world of beauty. I actually left Starbucks in 2008. Okay. And then after that, I ended up working at a startup in San Francisco called Good Guide. And it was the scientists from Berkeley who were doing sustainability ratings on personal care. So I spent months with them just learning about the sustainability aspects of personal care. And what I learned is that we absorb about five pounds of chemicals through our skin a year. And if you're a man, you're largely going to expel it out through sweat and urine. But for women, we often keep a bit of it in our bodies because um, we have a higher fat uh, percentage. And um, I'd been struggling with acute dermatitis at that point for a few years. Um, I'd never had sensitive skin or problem skin growing up. And then uh, I worked for a big global beauty care company before I worked for Starbucks. And I gave myself the dermatitis by treating my face like a science experiment. It wasn't the brand. It wasn't the company. It was it was me treating my face like a science experiment. So when I started learning about the supply chain and the ingredients that go into personal care, I thought, well, no wonder I really messed up my face. <laughs> it was my own fault. And um, about that time, I also was starting to figure out what it is I wanted to do with my career. Or let me take a step back. I started realizing I didn't know what I wanted to do with my career, but I knew that I wanted my work to have meaning because I, I figured if I'm going to spend the waking hours of my life doing something, I, I really wanted it to add up to something with positive impact to the community, to the world around me. And so I just quit one day and I said, I choose happiness. I literally said those words out loud. I went in and I resigned and then I was unemployed and um, I started traveling. And I think it was because I, I needed to find something to believe in again. I needed to find myself. Um, I traveled all over the world, Europe, Asia, and then I found myself in Kyoto and Tatcha started from there. So Tatcha's founded on the ancient beauty rituals of geishas. That's a pretty foreign concept for a lot of modern day consumers. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, you know, I, I like to think of it more as um, really, really timeless classical Japanese beauty rituals that uh, women across Japan uh, did and popularized a few hundred years ago. And uh, geisha first came around about 400 years ago. And they are a little bit like time capsules. Whatever has worked, they've um, honed in on and kept pure, and they've held it through all these centuries, whereas the rest of the industry and women in Japan and all around the world have kind of moved on with it from, you know, the traditional approaches to, to beauty. And when I found myself in Japan, I'm not Japanese, I'm from, we were discussing New Jersey, Texas. <laughs> My parents are from Taiwan. And um, I, because I had this acute dermatitis when I was in Japan, I ended up uh, trying these things because I, I had a fantastic chance encounter with a geisha and I was asking her about her makeup to cover up my scarring and then it was there that she introduced me to a little apothecary where her makeup was but then I would see these geisha flitting in and out to pick up their their beauty 
necessities. And um, there are these bell jars of waxes and oils and powders. And so my translator um, helped me buy some of them and put little post-its on them that said, you know, it said seaweed powder, mix with water, you know, turn into a paste. And I used half of the things wrong. But after about eight weeks, my skin healed. And now at 40, my skin is better than it was at 20. And so out of pure selfish necessity. <laughs> I had to recreate it because I tried to buy it here. I went to Japantown, Chinatown, Koreatown, traditional Chinese medicine places, eBay, you name it. I just couldn't, I couldn't get it. So um, while the geisha have codified it and held it over these hundreds of years, it's really just what women in Japan did in the 1800s. What about bringing something that's so heritage and so traditional mm-hmm. to a modern customer? How does that kind of work? For you? That's a great question. When we first started 10 years ago, everybody was like, yeah, don't do it. That's not going to (laughs) work. They said, um, if you look at other Japanese skincare brands that have tried to really break through in the U.S., they've had um, middling success at best. And the feedback that I had gotten was um, people want technology. They want the newest peptide. They want um, things that they can only get in the doctor's office. Um, tradition and natural and um, certainly an Eastern approach to beauty was not at all cool when we started. Um, but it's it was real and it it was what healed me and not only that but the culture in japan which has so much um humanity and beauty and authenticity and integrity and it all comes through in their products that i was like well okay maybe it'll never be big but i need it and i i feel like there is a, a man or a woman out there who is looking for authenticity and simplicity in their lives too. And so maybe they'll appreciate it and maybe I'll find like-minded people and it just sort of went off from there. Vicki, you started with blotting papers, which is a very, um, you know, a singular but hero product for Tatcha. How did you kind of wrap people's mind around that and build an assortment from there? It's also a great question. Everybody was like, don't do it. Nobody knows what blotting papers are here. So the reason that we brought the blotting papers here first was because, one, they're authentically what led me to Japan. Because of my acute dermatitis, I could only use Aquaphor on my face, and um, I was super greasy as a result. (laughs) Um, But it does work very well for for those of uh, us who have very chapped and and delicate skin. And so um, when I was there, I was looking for the blotting papers, and then it was the blotting paper gold leaf makers. It's actually the byproduct of the gold leaf hammering process. When you hammer gold is you need hammering paper. So it's it's actually gold hammering paper. They're the ones who introduced me to the first geisha. And I thought it was incredible that the first of anything was still around, especially something that it was still handmade. It's still the gold standard, literally. And that it has such a beautiful and true rich history. And so I was like, I have to bring these to the world. And um, I remember I asked the artisans, can I, can I buy these blotting papers and bring them to the U.S.? And they said, no. And I was like, okay, let me rephrase that question. How many would I have to buy to bring these to the U.S.? And they said 10,000. And I think I was feeling cavalier, and I was like, I'll do it. And then I called my husband that night, and I was like, I have just bought 10,000 blotting papers. And he said, how are you going to pay for that? And, um, I'll, and I remember... I was like, oh, I didn't think of that. And then I I looked down, I was like, I'll just sell my engagement ring. So congratulations, Priya, by the way, on getting engaged. (laughs) Um, So that's where it started. And then um, when we first 
brought it to the U.S. I tried to hire PR agencies, and you know they said you don't have a story here. Nobody cares about Japanese beauty or natural or blotting papers. And I was like,、mm, understood, okay. So I started just sending them to editors and makeup artists, and that's why I love editors and makeup artists because they're the ones who who made it real, and they're the ones who did the education around blotting papers and how to use them. Vicky, what about education? Do you think really drove Tatcha's growth and continues to do that、today? about education?、Mm-hmm. We have no choice but to do a lot of education on our collection because they're so、um, opposite of what you're used to here in the U.S. So, using paper to take care of your skin, or cleansing your face with an oil, or、um, polishing your skin as opposed to exfoliating it.、Um, it Beauty waters or slash essences; these are all categories that are still foreign in the U.S. So we have to put a lot of thought into how do we explain this to people in a way that makes sense for them and doesn't scare them off.、Um, so I think of us really as an R&D company、um, wrapped in kind of an educational framework,、um, wrapped in. A giving model, <laughs> and I know that you know about our Root Read partnership. Well, I'll cover that later on. So yeah, we're that's sort of the layers of our of our company. What about you know we're in this kind of really intense skincare as well as self care as、mm-hmm. well as wellness movement in beauty.、Mm-hmm. What's it like being ahead of that so much? And also, you know, now as more competitors and players come to the space,、mm-hmm. how do you continue to clearly state Tatcha's mission and that you were one of the first? Oh, well. I don't worry too much about who was first. I think if anybody was first, it was really the Japanese women hundreds of years ago. So,、um, what I love about the groundswell that has happened from both the consumer side and the brand side、uh, around clean, around、um, formulas that have authenticity and heritage, is that. It's good for everybody.、Um, it's good for the client to have more options that are healthy for them.、Um, I think it's very healthy for people to think about skincare as self-care, versus、um, skincare being a solution to problems, and and then by definition that reduces us as women to a list of problems, which I don't really like. So I think it's a really positive、um, step change in the industry that we're really proud and honored to be able to be a part of. Vicky, you've been、um, really strategic about your retail partnerships. You know, I know what you said at the beginning was that you know you didn't have a PR agency. You were sending these products to makeup artists and editors.、Mm-hmm. But in terms of your retail partners, it's, it varies. You know, there's、mm-hmm. Sephora and Barneys, but also QVC. Can、mm-hmm. you talk a little bit about that strategy and、yeah. reaching the customers in very different points? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The first,、um, the first place where we brought the collection to life was Tatcha.com, and、um, what. We love about that is that it gives us a chance to have a direct relationship with the client and learn from her and talk to her and have a very intimate relationship because it makes us better as product developers,、um, as a brand. Our business philosophy has always been very, very, very simple, which is love your products and love your clients, and then everything else is icing. And so, what Tatcha dot com gives us an opportunity to do is start there. From there,、uh, we brought in、uh, Barney's, and what Barney's did,、um, even though their footprint is quite small, is they gave us a chance to develop education materials for offline that helped us explain to people in a touch and feel environment how、um, how to use a collection that was really different from what they're used to. QVC was next, and、um, I really think of QVC as I think one of the 
best ways for us to educate directly to the client because um, I, I think they go into 95 million um, uh, TVs a year in the U.S., which is a lot. And so every time I get to go up there and tell the story of the brand and tell the story of the formula, how to use it, how it works, uh, why it's different, the, what's in there, it's really sort of just like me directly to the clients uh, telling them what we're about. And then Sephora is our newest client, um, and we've been with them now for a few years, and um, they've just taken everything to the next level because of um, the fact that it's open cell and uh, we don't have um, our own salespeople in there and their cast members, the, the, the men and women who work in the stores, they're not um, compensated based on you know, selling certain things. They're honest. Um, their educational knowledge is phenomenal. I can walk in any Sephora store and they can tell me about our products and our brand better than anybody <laughs> um, and uh, and it's a very kind of democratic place for people to discover and learn and play um, so all of them play a really different role they also tend to appeal to really different clients uh, which works for us our um, our QVC client um, she is uh, the more mature side of beautiful and she loves watching things on TV and calling into order um, and then our Sephora uh, client is a couple decades younger and she she loves makeup and skincare and then our um, Tasha.com client is sort of the in-between age so we are able to reach a number of uh, different women from many different generations of, of beautiful and, and that makes me really happy. People talk a lot about in beauty about discovering online, discovering in store. Where do you think people are discovering you? Is it like searching Tatcha.com on the internet or on Google, or is it through these channels and your own channel? That's a really great question. I think um, I think it's a, a multitude of things. Um, some of it is through incredible friends like you, where we get to tell the story here whether it's podcasts or magazines or newspapers, they're, they're finding out about it through editorial coverage. Um, some of it, I think, is social media. And so when they see their favorite YouTuber or Instagram um, you know, beauty guru talking about something that's really worked for their skin, um, they learn about it that way. And then I think a lot of it is walking into store and being like, oh, what is this purple brand? And then you stick your finger and you're like, oh, that feels nice. <laughs> so I think it's a combination of things. Vicky, Tatcha's usually in like the top, top, top uh, skincare brands in terms of earned media value and social marketing and social media. But you don't really play in that space in the way that some of the other beauty companies out there, like yeah. in a paid capacity. No. Um, tell us about Can't your- Can't afford it. <laughs> <laughs> tell us a little bit about your influencer marketing strategy and how you have gotten this army of people to mm -hmm. be engaged with the brand without necessarily doing pay for play. Mm-hmm. Um, we try to treat everybody the same way. Um, we have a, we call them Team Love, and they are five people um, in the Tatcha family who their only job is to make our clients know that they're loved. And so if somebody ever calls or emails in, they're the ones who are taking care of them. There's no rules about, you know, returns or trying to upsell them or anything like that. The only thing that matters is that they know that we care about them and we want them to be happy and to feel like their most beautiful self. So Team Love is at the center of our company. And uh, they're also the ones on the community boards and answering all the comments and questions. So it starts there. And then 
a lot of the best people in our company came from the Team Love group. And so they um, they came out and then now they're in our, our social media team and they're uh, in our um, communications team. And so they take the same approach. Um, we just try to have genuine relationships with people and care deeply about their skin and the health of their skin and treating them like human beings. Why do you think that Tatcha has resonated so much on res- on social media and like through these influencers and creative creators? Um. I think the reason that so many of us love to follow them is because they really know what they're talking about. And um, you can tell when they're talking about something they've been paid to talk about versus something they genuinely feel passionate about. The authenticity really comes through. And because um, they see and touch everything out there, when they find something that really gives them the results that they want, I think the authenticity of their passion for the results and a formula comes right through the screen. So I think it's because they they just really know their formulas, really. You recently worked with lifestyle blogger Claire Marshall Mm -hmm. on a series for YouTube. What was that um, about and how is that kind of different from what you have previously done in in terms of influencers and creators? Yeah. Um, The idea for that actually came from um, a brilliant woman on our team named Claudia. And uh, she had come from another great brand where they used to do um, these really big influencer trips. And we would see these influencer trips on social media and be like, wow, but then also like shudder. (laughs) Because you can tell that these are significant investments. And sometimes I would look at the results of those um, trips for other brands. And I think, what, what content came through here that move the ball forward for the brand and was of benefit to the client. And so Claudia's idea, um, since you know Claire has so many values that are similar to ours, is um, Claire is first and foremost a amazing content creator. She's a great, she's a great eye. She's got a great um, narrative for bringing stories to life. And so that wasn't an influencer trip the way that you typically see. Um, that was really partnering with her as a content creator to bring our story to life in from her unique perspective. And as an Asian American um, who's been through her own journey of self-discovery, um, I think it, they had a really incredible trip that was authentically meaningful for Claire. And then Claire's takeaways from the trip that she learned that she shared through her um, through her videos that she produced um, I hope that what people got across from that is that uh, the stories that we tell, while they're romantic, they're true, and that um, we are a values-driven company that cares more than anything about telling these beautiful histories that deserve to be told, and then also taking care of people from skin to soul. And um, I think Claire did a great job with that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Vicki, Tatcha's had explosive growth since you've launched, and obviously in the last year especially. What can you tell us about 2019 in terms of growth and um, expansion for Tatcha? That's a great question because we're doing budgeting right now, (laughs) which is always a fun exercise. We have been very, very, very lucky. Um, Our growth has really come from our clients, which I'm so grateful for. Uh, I think it's really been word of mouth and then both the editorial and the the, uh, social support that we've gotten. Um, For 2019, I think we're going to continue doing a lot of the same. Uh, We don't work with a lot of partners, but what we care most about is being a good partner to whoever we work with. And so that means becoming um, 
you know, an even more meaningful partner to Sephora, to QVC, um, to whomever that we're working with. Um, we have some really delightful treasures to share, uh, including one that's launching in just a few weeks in January. So, um, so yeah, there's, there's a lot of really great stuff happening. We launched in Sephora Singapore. Um, not that long ago, so we'll be continuing to grow there. We launched in Mecca in Australia, so that'll continue as well. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of fun stuff. Canada, we're there now too. <laughs> what about the international expansion has been um, different than, say, launching in the U.S.? Hmm. We have only started to dip our toe into international. Um Australia and Singapore are brand new for us. Um, Canada, we've done as a North America strategy in partnership with Sephora, so that's really an extension of our of our um, America strategy. Um, how has it been different? I think it, it's still starting out. Um, it, it isn't comparable yet, but I I think that over time we're going to find that um, our international markets are just as important for us as our U.S. ones. Absolutely. Vicky, what about um, your new investors and new CEO? I know Jean-Marc came over just a few months ago mm-hmm. and you received a minority investment from Castanier Partners recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you think that those um, hires initiatives will grow and scale Tatcha? We feel so lucky. Um, I bootstrapped the company in the beginning. You sold your engagement, right? I did. Um, and then from there, um, we really only did friends and family. And it was it was really um, the my internal partners at uh, Tatcha, uh, like my co-founder, Brad Murray, uh, and my other co-founder, um, Stanley Hainsworth, um, who, who put the first money in. And so um, it was very tight. <laughs> I mean, if I'm going to be honest, I lived in my mom's house until a year ago. Um, and I didn't take a salary until a year ago. It's incredible. Um, I think this is maybe the one year anniversary of my first paycheck. Around Congratulations. Now. You know, I just really wanted to move out of my house by the tender age of 40 or my mom's house. <laughs> just <laughs> so it's not respectable. <laughs> but, um, no, there's no judgment for anybody who's 40 and living with their mom. So um, that was good. I'm really appreciating um not living with my mom anymore, but I love my mom, but yeah, I'm a grown up now. Um, so Castanea, I'm sorry, they have been wonderful. Um, we have a couple board members there, including a woman named Janet Gerwich, who is an icon in the industry. That, that smart lady can tell you anything about beauty. And it's, it's, been, it's been like having a built-in mentor that I can call anytime that I want. Um, so they've been great. And they have this like SWAT team of operational experts where I'll be like, I've got some questions on my supply chain. And then they fly in a supply chain guy who sits with us for days and, and walks through our warehouses and walks through all of our supply chain and says, you know, this is how many days it's taking you to do this. This is how much it's costing you to do this. This is how you can do it better without touching your formulas. Um, and it doesn't matter like what you ask them for. I have got some advice that, you know, I need on marketing or on digital marketing or I'm going to re platform my you know e-commerce and they just they send in their experts and they're just so they're great they're great and I don't think I would have had the opportunity to recruit Jean-Marc Plisson um, were it not for them and so he's been with us now for a couple months Um, I love him so much he's the nicest guy ever Um, and he brought some beautiful experiences from 
um, LVMH and, and Shiseido. So we feel really, really, really lucky to have him. He makes me laugh all day, every day. It's so nice to have a partner who um, has seen the movie before, because I always say, I'm going to make a ton of mistakes, but I want to make new creative mistakes. I don't want to make the same mistakes that everybody else has made. I've done those, and they're not that interesting. <laughs> Absolutely. Vicky, what do you think about... Um there's so much happening in beauty right now. You know, uh-huh. it's such a hot, hot industry. Uh-huh. And, you know, from an M&A perspective, from a trend perspective, you in so many ways um, are still a fairly young brand, even yeah. though you've been around for over a decade. What do you think is happening right now? And how do you think it affects Tatcha? What's happening right now? I think that social media and Instagram have changed everything for everybody. Um it's very, very easy to bring a beauty brand to market um, if you do it the the fast way, which is going to a contract manufacturer, pulling stock formulas and stock packaging, put your name on it out the door. Um, as a result, you see a proliferation of beauty brands. And because, um, because this is new and exciting, there's a, a lot of... Um, demand from clients too because they're just seeing stuff that they haven't seen before with a lot of creativity and a lot of um, newness and the cadence of newness is exciting for them um, it doesn't affect us so much though because we don't do any of that stuff we're so old-fashioned we have our own R&D in Tokyo we develop everything in-house from scratch like a couture dress we have a nine-person product development and R&D team Um, And it can take us seven years to make a formula. So there is nothing about us that's terribly trendy. The fact that the trend is, you know, is on Japanese beauty and clean formulas right now is fabulous, but it is nowhere in, I I wish I could take credit for it. Mm -mm. No. (laughs) Do you ever feel um, stressed or challenged by what's happening in beauty? Just the proliferation of so much? No, I think, I think that, the new brands and the newness in the industry is what keeps the industry fresh and exciting for clients. Um, and it keeps people feeling like beauty is a place for both entertainment and for experiences and for making them feel like their most beautiful self. Um, we just, we have so much to do. We're just really focused on our own lane. Yeah. Yeah. What about, um, what's next? What's the next thing that you want to do that you haven't done yet? Oh, <gasps> I have so many things I want to do. Well, the book that inspires all of our formulas, there's three volumes and seven chapters, and skincare is just chapter one. So I hope that in my lifetime before I die, I can finish the book. (laughs) There's a lot to do. Perfect. Thank you so much, Vicki. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. A special thanks to Gianna Cappadona, the producer of this podcast. If you enjoy the Glossy Beauty Podcast and aren't a Glossy Plus subscriber yet, it's time to consider joining to get access to all of Glossy's content, member events, ticket discounts, Slack chats, and more. Head to glossy.co slash plus and use the code PRIYA25, P-R-I-Y-A 25 for 25% off an annual subscription. Don't forget to subscribe to the Glossy Beauty Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and leave us any feedback you have.